Thursday with me, Gerard Hector. And I'm joined by Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I'm a little tired. I was at a 6 a.m. flight this morning, <laughs> but I was not going to miss the show considering we didn't have one on Monday. So I'm okay. We got off on time. Uh, I'm okay. You, funny. You said you weren't going to miss your flight 6 a.m. Yeah. Um, Coco Golf sent out a tweet, tennis player, sent out yeah. a tweet uh, last night saying, I have a 6 a.m. flight out of New York, but I am not going to bed because I'm not going to miss the rest of this match. She was, of course, talking about the quarterfinal match of the U.S. Open between Yannick Sinner from Italy and Carlos Alcaraz from Spain. We'll talk U.S. Open in a minute, but we're going to start with Eurobasket 2022. And I have not been watching Eurobasket because I have been engrossed in tennis. Literally, the last two weeks have been firm, firmly planted at uh, the Billie Jean King Tennis Center in Flushing. So, Coach, what is happening in Eurobasket? And what do you see that pretends to be a good sign or maybe a bad sign for some players come this NBA season? The only, the only surprising thing, there's a few maybe um, things that have happened that we can start projecting a little bit. Uh, Franz Wagner's had a couple of huge games. Like, like, let, let me backtrack. So Luca had like 47. Yes. Whatever. Like I know he's very good at basketball. I know it's a record, but like, of course he's going to set records. He's one of the best players in the world. And, and he's fully empowered, which is the theme I'll get to. Uh, Wagner doing it for Germany had a 32 point game. He's really kind of dominated some games. This is an extension of what we saw in Orlando. I, I, I mean, I was just happy to always say it. I was not convinced he'd be a very good player because all the tape I watched, I, I didn't see a toughness level out of him that I like seeing. I, I see it now in the pros for sure. Uh, Chandler Parsons was the same way. He was kind of soft at, at, at Florida was not soft in the, in the NBA. Wagner's terrific and has, has looked very good for them. Uh, that's encouraging considering they have Paolo and Jalen Suggs, although I'm not the biggest fan of Suggs either. I like Paolo a lot. Um, Goran Dragic has played well for a, a, a veteran team like Chicago that, that thinks maybe if Lonzo can recover. But if, without Lonzo, at least Dragic can give them something. Uh, you know, Jokic is Jokic. Giannis is Giannis. Those guys aren't too surprising. Schroeder's had some good moments for Germany. Uh, Denny Abdiya has done some good things for Israel. They're not, I don't think they're very good. They're, they've had a couple of nice wins, but um, I don't think they'll advance. But in his first couple of games, he, he showed more of a bit to shoot, play, make, score. He's a high-level defender already. Um, but, but here's the thing, Gerard. Uh, there are guys on their national team that are green-lighted, but in their NBA team are not. And so it's apples and oranges to some degree. And I'm not even suggesting that if the NBA team would green light, let's say Denny Avdia, he could score 25 points a game. I, I'm not saying that at all. Every case is different. But it's why you can't always translate one to the other effectively. Because they just, they're not going to play the same role, nor should they in some cases. Um, but to me, if I'm a, if I'm a I, I don't want any of my players, if I'm running a franchise, to play for the national team. But if they do... I, I'm paying attention. I'm saying, okay, look what this guy's doing when he's the man. Maybe we should run more plays for him, not make him the man, but run more things for him. Mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. something you can learn from that. Some teams may, some teams won't. But I'm sure Orlando is already thinking that, that Franz is going to be a key player for us, and he and Powell will be featured this coming season. I like that. I like the idea of there's something you can take from everything, right? Because it is organized professional basketball. We're right. not going to run the same system, whatever. But if you're showing something in for your national team that we don't get a chance to see you do here because, A, it's not your role, whatever. But it's like, ooh, 
maybe for a spot two minutes, I can run a couple plays for you and it might work. That I think the good coaches and good teams that we always talk about, they probably do that. And the bad teams probably aren't watching, not paying attention. And, you know, it is it is what it is. But I I, I like that aspect yeah. of it for sure. The, the, the one negative part, of course, that worries me is like for our players in an Olympic year. Well, yeah. Now we're adding just more miles right. onto your body, which already we are. If you're the Milwaukee Bucks or the Denver Nuggets, you plan on making a deep run this coming season. Well, your two best players already got miles on them to start the season. They'll come into camp probably in better shape normally, right? And ready to roll from the beginning. But what's the tax going to be on the back end? I, honestly, Gerard, you're exactly right. I I would really want them to consider. I would let science dictate. Um Guys, we'll see October 1st. You're not doing training camp. We don't need you for training yeah. camp. We, well, we need you, but it's, it's, at a, it's at a disservice to you. you. You're in shape. Take a month off. You can shoot on your own, work out some on your own, but we don't need you. We don't need to see you. Stay in your home country. Just come, come visit and watch practice as an assistant coach and shoot every day if you want, but we're not going to let you get on the court till you know, October 1, October 7, even, even the second we get a season. We saw what happened at Tatum last year. I just don't think that was a coincidence. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think you're I think you're right on. Absolutely right. Uh do me a favor, shift your camera a little bit. You're like off to the right a little bit. So center yourself a little bit more. There we go. Perfect. Um, so I we opened up talking about the US Open. You and I had a yeah. fabulous conversation about it off air. So that's where I've been uh for the last uh week and a half. Um, it is incredible. And the thing I said to you off air was every sport has this, but in tennis, we're kind of we're seemingly at the end of a golden era, right? Serena Williams um, has evolved away from the sport. This is her last major major tournament, uh, most likely. We are likely at the end of the big three era, right? Roger Federer's 40. Rafael Nadal is almost 40. Novak Djokovic's 35, right? These guys are on the, as, as they say, they have more years behind them, right, than in front of them on a tennis, on a tennis court. Um, and so everyone wonders in their sports, oh, my God, what are we going to do? The four greatest players of all time are no longer playing. Man, tennis is in a good place. There are these young, and it's like every sport, these young, amazingly talented people who in many ways, they're the progeny of these four great people, right? Their, their amazing play inspired this next generation to be like, oh, I can do that. And, you know, they may not have three of them at the same time on the men's side or another one like three. That may not be the case. But in terms of talent and super awesome play, there are so many good young players. and. If you, when, when this uh, episode comes out, will be in the med semifinals. If you had a chance to watch that skin at center Alcaraz match quarterfinals, whoo, five hours didn't end till two 30 this morning. Like this was high level tennis. And the way that those guys can hit winners from off both wings from literally anywhere on the court. I was telling coach off, off air. It seemed like points where I'm like, Oh, you're done. There's no way anybody's getting to that. That's a winner. And then they get to it. And I'm like, who, who can do this? This is insane. And, and it's just, it's an amazing skill level and ability that these players on both sides, the men and the women have. That tennis is in a good space. So if you're, if you're a fan of sport, I encourage you to turn on the U.S. Open women's semis and men's semis this weekend and the finals uh, Saturday, Sunday. It, it'll be good. Yeah, one quick comment. I was watching uh, tape this morning. <laughs> it seems like I always am. I was watching YouTube and I stumbled on a Kobe clip where maybe, maybe this is not even on Twitter. I don't remember. But um, Kobe got the ball stolen from him. It was a 17-point game. I don't know which team was winning, but it was late in the fourth quarter. The game was over. He gets the ball stolen. Uh, here come the Nuggets for a layup. They throw a head-ahead to Andre Miller, who is no athlete 
jumping wise. He catches in easy, does it. Kobe comes flying from half court and blocks it against the board. <laughs> and I thought about, I was telling you off air, I, I don't watch tennis anymore. I, I don't, all I watch is basketball. It's, but I, I grew up playing tennis. I played a lot of tennis with a, it was at a, a tennis and yacht club a lot when I was young and played in ninth grade pretty seriously. And, uh, I respect it a great deal. Like I, I, I'm of the beyond Borg, Jimmy Connors, John McEnroe, Chris Everett, Martina. Like I loved all of them. I really did. And, um, but I was traveling this week, as you know, and so I watched a good amount and that's what really caught me is that Kobe tape reminded me they don't quit on points very often mm -hmm. they are. And, and it's, it's part of who they are. They're just, these are the, these are such competitive people and it's yeah. astounding to what they can get to. And speed really matters in that sport too. <laughs> speed really makes a difference. It is, it, it's, it's something that if you watch tennis, you know, commentators will say it all the time, but if you watch and play enough, you know, and it's what they tell you if you're playing, it's force your opponent to come up with one more shot. Right. And makes that's sense. what the speed does. Right. Because it, if you watch the Alcaraz match, you, there's no, you think you've hit a winner against this guy? No, he's going to run it down. So in your mind, you have to prepare yourself. No, I have to hit probably four extra winners if I'm going to beat him, right? And I think, and we talked about the mental side of this. And of course, in, in, in any sport, it's the same. You know, your ability, especially in a sport like tennis, where you're individual, man, it's just you and the other woman or you and the other guy. You ain't got no timeouts. I mean, yeah, there's medical timeouts or whatever, but no teammates to help pick you up. You can't go sit on the bench and, you know, get yourself together and come back in in five minutes. Like, no, you you sit down for five minutes or you take five minutes to get yourself together. You might be down 4-0 and, you know, you're losing that set. And the ability to use your mental fortitude to come back, it's amazing. You know, coach always talks about in the NBA season, the storm is coming. Like, we, we know it. There is no more apt metaphor than what coach says about the roller coaster and the merry-go-round. If you're a tennis player in a match, the merry-go-round, my friend, because you're going to have highs and yeah. lows. And if you go up and down yeah, with that, crude. that is, that is, you know, danger on your, on your whole, on your whole ecosystem. You got to try to stay level hard. Easier said than done. Yeah, no, that's the game. So, um, I have, uh, you know, my, my former assistant, Ryan Pinot is an assistant with the Pelicans mm -hmm. now. And I used to tell him he, he craved criticism. Ryan is a, he's going to be a great head coach one day, I think. He really loves being coached and taught. And I first started helping him. You know, he was 19. I was in my 40s, probably. Yeah, probably 40, 41. And so it's twice his age. And, um, and so one thing I said to him is, you, you have to shut up sometimes. And I, of course, I said in a sweet way. Maybe, maybe not so sweet, but I was always laughing. He's a very <laughs> funny guy, so we joke with each other a lot. But I would say, you have to get them, let them figure stuff out. We don't travel with these guys, Right. And their coaches on their teams tend not to do much with them in terms of fixing a shot. You've got to give them time to think about what's happening and make their adjustment. And then we provide gentle guidance when we're doing our drills in terms of the mechanics. The drill itself, we can dictate, okay, three dribbles here, come here. That, that's just the script of the drill, the outline blueprint of the drill. But the actual skill itself that you're trying to overload, I call my training skill overload a lot, uh, you've got to let them figure out what, why am I missing short? Why am I missing long or the side? What am I doing wrong? If they can't figure it out, that's what we got to jump in. But we have to let them try to do it first because that's how they'll do it in the game. And I, I've told this story maybe once before, maybe not, but in my area here, when I was first doing this for high school 
at the end of every season for the high school season, we had uh, all-star games. So the best seniors from North County versus the best seniors from South County, 16 public schools in my, in my area of St. Pete Clearwater. And um, they stopped doing it. They stopped doing the three point shooting contest. In my opinion, because they were just sick of Thorpe's guys always winning. Cause, <laughs> and I know, first of all, I always, I mean, if, if you're a really good player, you tend to be willing to pay. So it, I, I'm not at all suggesting I was better coaching all these guys, but the one thing I'll take pride in is I really work with them on this exact thing. Even high school kids figure it out. That's the challenge. And I always worried about teams that we play that had like quarterbacks from the football team. These motherfuckers, that, that's a hard, I played, it's a hard position, quarterback. And uh, especially guys that end up being like division one level players. And I remember one time we were pressing the hell out of a team. They were missing the two best players. Their head coach was one of my best friends. He was a groomsman at my wedding. And he had told me this kid is, he was going to play quarterback at Florida for Spurrier. Tells you all you need to know about wow, what kind of player yeah, he was, that, right? That's a good quarterback. Right. And this fucking kid, his name is Jack. We're pressing the hell out of him because they're figuring shit out without their two best, like both college-bound guards. And they're, and they're trying to survive us, and they're struggling. But every time they would foul us, we, we, it was right in front of us, and he was just talking to his guys in the huddle. And I'm like, oh, fuck. He's figured it out. He did. They ended up beating with the buzzer, <laughs> literally at the buzzer. They missed, we scored at the buzzer. Two seconds left. They missed a shot at the buzzer to lose. But it's all because that damn kid figured it out. This is what we have to do. So, yeah, when I watch these tennis guys and girls and women, um, like I, the, the Francis guy, he was so sweaty. Yeah, yeah. He was up two sets mm-hmm. to love. He, in this last match, he eight and a half minute, nine minute break while he was changing. And Meanwhile, his opponent, who had lost two sets, is sitting down by himself. And so I'm, I'm really fascinated by that, wondering, all right, For sure. how does he come out? Well, it didn't matter. He lost in three sets. He couldn't figure it out. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. something he could have done. He's a great player. Couldn't do it. He is. And, and I love that you went there. Uh, for those who don't know, Francis Tiafo, first American man in the semis. Oh, a, uh, for a while. Uh, since, since Roddick. Uh, first black American man that sent me since Arthur Ashe in 68, I want to say. Um, he, he's incredible. Francis is a sweater. He probably goes through 14 shirts yeah. a match, give or take. I mean, he, just, and he changes. He's constantly changing. McEnroe, I think, said, this is not gamesmanship is what McEnroe said. No, he, he's literally he's changing every item of clothing, including sneakers. Yes. <laughs> Socks, underwear, yeah. shoes. It's just nothing. I, I, by the way, sweat. I love that. <laughs> let, let me make a basketball point here that's so good. And it's a sport point. Um, the great teacher, Harvey Pennick, Gerard, who wrote mm-hmm. the, Golf the, little, right, the Little Red Book, which is what inspired me to write basketball is jazz. And he taught me how to play. It taught me how to play golf. He used to teach his pupils, who are the best players in the world in some cases, when it's pouring rain, when the storm is coming, slow down. You're, you're wet. You're uncomfortable. It's windy. You're, you're, you tend to want to speed up. I think he had a, uh, a student named Tom Kite, who at, at one point mm-hmm. was the all-time winningest player until Tiger came, a bleeder and everything. Everyone's making so much money out of the Tiger. And he was playing at Pebble Beach, and it was expecting terrible weather. And he called Harvey Pennick. It's in his book. What do I do, coach? And he said, just slow down. Be in the moment. Don't let everything affect you. I tell this to my players all the time in basketball. When things seem to get really crazy, Chris Paul plays slow motion. Jokic plays so often in slow motion, it's laughable. That's why I do the do-do-do-do-do-do. That's what Jokic <laughs> looks like. And I yep. thought that uh, that young man who ch- 
eight, almost nine minutes. And the announcers were wondering if that wasn't going to change the tune. But I thought, right. oh, bravo, young man. You yeah, got your just you're you're about to close this motherfucker out. Mm-hmm. Slow down, get through your routine, change your wet clothes, don't be in a rush. I thought that was brilliant. It it was brilliant. The, the match, of course, coach is talking about is a quarterfinals yeah. between Tiafo and, and Rublev. And Rublev, by the way, is an incredible yeah, he's like player. eight in the world he, or something. Right. He's the top ten in the yeah. world. You don't make the quarterfinals of a grand right. slam and not be good right. at tennis, right? No. But the mental side, which coach is talking about, and you saw that in the match, the storm came for Rublev, yeah. and he could not nope. settle himself, nope. right? And it's the it's the mental game, right? It isn't that he has he could have he could have won that match. Yeah. The talent and the skill were there to for do sure. it, but in between his ears, he could not. Okay, I lost the two. It's fine, chill. It's like a Nadal thing, right? What makes Nadal so great? You can you can lose the first two sets. He ain't he ain't yeah, worried. Okay. Yeah. Go back to the let's slow it down. Yeah. I'm gonna get back. All I need is one break of serve, right? Uh, right? And it's it, but that's what makes them all timers and so great. If everyone could do that, well, everyone would be great at everything, right? right? And nobody would make any money because it wouldn't be fun, <laughs> well, yeah. right? I, I always uh, I always tell young players like, uh, it's not easy. If it was, you wouldn't make any damn money because everyone exactly. would be doing it. No one's paying us to play. Right. Like you're, it's supposed to be hard, and that's what allows you to separate yourself. Which is what Tiger Woods' dad used to always say mm-hmm. when it was pouring rain. Tiger wouldn't go out in the course when he was young, and Earl Earl would tell him, "This is the story. Like, what are you doing? If it's not lightning, they're not canceling a tournament. Your right. competitors may not be practicing. This is when you can really make a difference." And Tiger loved the British Open for that reason. Mm-hmm. He was pra- he practiced in that weather all the time. Yeah, it, it is. It, it really is astounding, right? But it's. It's what we talk about as coaches. We know this, right? Like, you know, you enjoy watching games. And for me, when I coach swimming, I enjoy race day. But practice is where yeah. we know, right? That's where it gets done. We already know what's going to yeah. happen when we're, because we put in right. the work. The, the good stuff and the, 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 the excitement comes from the challenge, right? The, 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 the good stuff and the, it's in the pain, right? That, that's where the joy is. It's in like, all right, I'm figuring and working to get to this point. So that then the success can come, right? And of course, like anything else, you need a bit of luck and all these other right. things have to happen too. But you have to put in the work. And in a game like tennis, all sports, you know, investing in your mental game is is key. Get off that roller coaster, folks, and get on. And it's a good lesson for life. <laughs> Stay on the merry-go-round. Right? Find like, joy. I would say find joy in the merry-go-round. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. All right, we are a basketball podcast, so let's let's start talking about basketball. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers did an amazing thing last week. They said, you know, we're going to go all in. We are going to acquire Donovan Mitchell because we know the Utah Jazz are having a fire sale. So they did. They sent out Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, uh, Ochai, um, Agbajai, and three first-round picks and two swaps for Donovan Mitchell. Some say it's a hefty price. Yeah, others say not. It, it, it is what it is. It got done. And I wanted to talk about that because I thought it was an interesting play. The Cavaliers were a very good team last year. Had it not been for injuries to Jared Allen late, they would have for surely been a playoff yep. team. In January, they were the number one defense yep. in the entire NBA, according to adjusted defensive rating. And that was largely due to Jared Allen and Evan Mobley playing phenomenal. Okay. They still have those two guys. They're great. Darius Garland made a leap. Great. Now you add Donovan Mitchell to the, to the equation. Ooh, another 20-something point per game scorer, right? We saw what he did in the playoffs in the bubble against uh, the Denver Nuggets and Jamal Murray. I mean, he's he is a proven shot maker, shot taker. Okay, so this elevates them. And I want to look at it from the standpoint of teams that say, all right, 
We were right there. We have a chance to do something. Let's roll the dice and go all in like the Cavaliers just did versus a team like Memphis who could, they had all the assets to do the same exact thing if they wanted to. Maybe not Mitchell would have been redundant with, with, uh, with John Morant, but some other kind of proven superstar ish type player, but they decided eh, we're going to just stick with what we're doing. Maybe later we might make a move, but we like what we have right now. There's no right or wrong way. I'm sure both ways can and have worked in the past. But when you first saw the movies, we were texting in our group chat, Coach. What did you think and what did you tell us when that move got made? I don't know. What did I tell you? I know what I was thinking. <laughs> what did I tell you? <laughs> I think you were like, oh, great haul for Utah. You're like, they paid a hefty price to get to get that. Um, so <laughs> I, a couple of things. So first of all, I'm, I'm walking, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, mm. and I hear John Hollinger say that uh, – on his podcast that he, he just thinks there's going to be something happening. September is not a time we tend to see that. No, but he said, you know, three straight years jammed together. Uh, this is the first break these guys have had. They might be refreshed. And I was encouraged because that's how I felt and I hadn't written it yet. So I called Travis, our editor and mm-hmm. I'm like, Travis, I think John's right. Like, Something about to go down, man. I, I don't know what it is. So we started working on this piece. And basically, mm-hmm. when you said all in, that's the article we wrote last week. I basically said, Travis, it's it's like a, a, a poker game, a, a, a hold'em poker, where you might have a really good hand. But if you if you jump all in, you might scare everyone else out and win the pot. So we're not talking about winning a championship. We're talking about winning one of these players. A lot of GMs want to wait, see how it goes, like Memphis. Fairly so. They were two seed, and they should get better this year. And they had, what were they, 17 and four without Ja? Like, well, what if they had Ja those 21 games? So, right. um, but Cleveland felt like, fuck it. We, we're going to, I think parity dominates. We talked about this last week, and I wrote the article about it last week, where almost everyone's got like a one in 16 chance to win. It's that close for 16 or so teams. Uh, you're just trying to fight for a little better odds than that. And I think Cleveland did that. I, I, I am not telling you that I think Cleveland made the best deal because I think in the article we wrote today, I think Cleveland could have done the same thing and gotten Shea Gildas-Alexander. Mm. And I, I'd rather have 6-6 two guard than, yes. than Donovan. But, but uh, if you wait to get, the, to get the ace on the river, you may not get the ace. You may not get so they could do this deal. They got it. In fact, here's what I really think. I think Danny Ainge used the Knicks to get Cleveland's offer oh, yeah. better. I don't, I don't No one's ever oh, yeah. said that. I'm just telling you what I think. I think he's like, fuck those guys in New York. <laughs> After Bird Dog and Donovan the way they did, uh, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing a deal with them. I'm not telling them that. Because right. I want to see what I get Cle- what Cleveland do. Someone will report and we'll find yeah. out the truth. Um, sure. So I, I like the deal fine for Cleveland. I, I understand what Utah's doing. I wish they wouldn't have, have right. traded Rudy, but this is what they're doing. The fire sales coming. They're all going to be gone. Everyone's gone. And, um, and Cleveland has got it. I mean, to put Mitchell with, uh, uh, D- Darius Garland. Garland, like you have to have Mobley and Jared Allen, <laughs> but they do, <laughs> they have that. And, and so now Isaac Okoro, it's on you, buddy. If you can okay. make threes, then they have, they can play you. In the playoffs. If you can't, you're not going to play and your career is in jeopardy. Yeah. So I, I love where you went there and we'll get to SGA in a minute. Yeah. Um, we talk about your article. Um, so I wanted to go uh, 
first question, right? How do we like their backcourt? Because if everyone was complaining about a potential Mitchell, Jalen Brunson backcourt, well, a Mitchell, Darius Garland backcourt yeah. ain't that much better defensively, but you mentioned they have Mobley and Allen, which of course matters. How do you like it, though, from an offensive standpoint in the sense that, well, both dudes are used to having the ball in their hands. and be, So who, how do we, what, what does J.B. Bickerstaff do? What would you do as a coach in that scenario? Oh, I know exactly what I would do. Uh, man, I'd be queuing up that 2013-14-15 Miami Heat team. Mm. I'd say if, if Dwayne Wade, one of the best shooting guards of all time, could find a way to play with LeBron, you two cats should be able to. <laughs> Like, this should not be hard. In fact, when that happened, I was at ESPN. I remember telling Henry a bunch. I'm sure we did Troop TVs on it. I don't understand why anyone says those guys can't play together. Basketball is jazz. <laughs> I said that long before I wrote the book. Like, you, you, can't just, you can't just have the trumpet drown the piano out and make good music. You've got to play together. And Dwayne, to his great credit, uh, realized pretty quickly he's better than me. And so it's my county. It's Wade, not Dade County, it's Wade County, but <laughs> I want to win championships. I have one. It took me so hard. I had to really play out of my, out of my mind to win it. I know I got LeBron and Chris, and it took them a little bit of time, if you remember, and then they were great mm-hmm. for you know, mm-hmm. three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's what I would do. If, if Donovan and Darius have a problem playing with each other, they're worth a lot less money than what you're paying them. They, mm. they, you're, we're paying you to help us win games, and together they should be absolutely dynamic absolutely dynamic. I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell fan. I think he's incredible in the playoffs. Super competitive, shot maker, uh, plays the right way. Uh, yeah, they're, they, they're both, they can be, they can err on selfishness, but it's a good one. Like, I don't think they're taking a lot of bad shots. The metrics bear that out. And, and now, uh, uh, Brian Winhurst reported, I heard it on, on his podcast, that Donovan was playing golf when he heard the news. And that he was jumping up and down with excitement. So that tells me, Gerard, no one's excited to go to Cleveland the second you hear it. Okay? When you're in Salt Lake City and thinking you're going to Madison Square Garden, that tells me he knew. And he did the math and realized, you know what? Whatever. It's just, uh, these, all these cities have great parts and bad parts. He'll live in the great parts. He has the money for it, too. And uh, they're going to be really good. Better than New York. Donovan, New York is not as good as Donovan in Cleveland for Donovan. Yeah, I agree. I think he I did agree. the math and realized, oh, man, this is sweet. And I'm not going to carry yeah. the offense. I've got Darius, yeah. too. Yeah. And I got – I don't have one route to go there. I have two. He went from having one to two with, with Evan. Mm-hmm. And, and then so the key is, we said Okoro and also Evan. Uh, mm-hmm. If Evan can become the primary defender on wings, which is possible, Maybe not in year two, but it's possible. It's really down the road. And also, Gerard, if he can be the three-point shooter that Okoro can't, well, they'll find someone else mm-hmm. to take Okoro's spot. Because mm-hmm. they'll have Evan being the 3 and D guy and all the other things that he does. He's an incredible player. So I, I, I think Cleveland just, they've got more ping-pong balls in, in this, yeah. you know, to, yeah. to, to, to win the lottery to, to win a, a playoff series or two or more. And let's not let's not forget they can have Carlos Laverta as their sixth man off and the Kevin bench, Love. Right, leading that second year, and Kevin Love leading that second, and Ricky Rubio. Um, we talked about um, Allen and Mobley, how they matter defensively, of course. But Garland and and Mitchell can't be turnstiles at the point of attack, right? Like they've got to offer some level of resistance, or at least be in the right spot. 
Um, and we kind of really haven't seen that from them this far in their careers. Do we think JB Bickerstaff can get that out of them? Better effort, more pride. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also think you they're never going to be plus defenders and that's fine. Probably like, not. They don't have to be plus. Probably defenders. not. Right. Cause they're a super plus on offense. Uh, I think that, um, uh, not having to do as much offensively. Donovan was very fortunate that the, the Jazz offense, they called the blender. It wasn't just Donovan Mitchell. It was almost like the Queens are on Sacramento. Mm-hmm. It, it, Donovan had a lot to do with it. So did Rudy, the dunker, who led the league in dunks every year. The system worked really good, too. They need to put a good system in place here and not just rely on their, their two skilled, talented guys at the ball. Mm-hmm. But if they do that, they can compete better. And, uh, and they can stagger their, their minutes with Ricky, who's a good yes. defender. And I think they'll do that. And they'll start games and finish games with those two guys, but Ricky will play a good amount. And uh, yeah, they're they're not my favorites to win the East, but they're, they're that the part of the story is you can't run away and hide as a one seed because there's just not many easy games. Like Detroit, yeah, Detroit's not going to be a pushover. Mm. Now there might be some injuries. We'll see. Maybe the Nets, you know, trade everybody. But there's just who's terrible in the East. Who's terrible in the East? Indiana, I think. Maybe be Orlando and Indiana, but Orlando's not even terrible. I'm not sure Orlando not. will be. They might be. We'll see. Indiana probably will be, especially if they trade Miles and, and Buddy Heald. That's it. Like, Detroit is not going to be terrible. I think it's going to be a really right. bunched up season. Yeah. I, I like where you're going with that, and I love the idea of staggering in the middle of the game. You can run one of them with Ricky, and Ricky's a much better defender, yeah. and it'll kind of help them. In the, I, I, I like that a lot. Um you mentioned Shea Gilders Alexander and a piece came out today uh, on, on True Hoop about Shea being the next person that's on the move, right? And what we love about Shea so much is offensively, while he may not be on Sports Center as much as Donovan Mitchell, I think the advanced metrics kind of bear him out pretty, pretty even, if not slightly better offensively. And he's 6'6, which tells us that he could be better defensively. If nothing else, he's got a longer wingspan and all those things and yeah. should be able to defend better. So he's the next guy that if a team with, you know, the right picks and whatever, because we know Sam Presti is all about keeping that job for a thousand years, which he will have <laughs> because Oklahoma was always going to be good 10 years from now. Um, SGA could go to a, a team and that could be a whole different ball game. If he's in New York next to Jalen Brunson, we like that a lot better than Donovan Mitchell next to Jalen Brunson. Right? I do. Yeah. So first of all, we, we have no way of knowing if Shea yeah. is going to be traded. I know, I know you know that. Um, we're just doing the math ourselves. And uh, if you're a Sam Presti, if, if, you, if you expect – he's 24. If you ex- just assume he's going to be fine for two or three more years, then you're not paying attention. And Sam pays attention. Because what you don't want is to be the Anthony Davis guy. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, Anthony had that long deal. It didn't matter. I, I think you're better off trading Shea from a position of strength before anyone's expecting it to come. And uh, that as opposed to waiting until he's 25, 26 and realizing, guys – like we're still so far away. I mean, Chet, mm-hmm. Chet's injury is a problem. I wouldn't have said this yep. before, but um, I put some back next year. year's his rookie back year. A year yeah, like it's, now it's two years. Shea's got to think two years before I make an All Star game. Like he's mm-hmm. a really talented player. So yeah, New York. I, I've there's a couple of teams that I've written about. New York is. I, I would do everything I could to get him. Uh, he pairs really good with R.J. Barrett too, and uh, oh, and they're yeah, both be nice. uh, Canadian. Not that it matters so much, but as someone who's coached some Canadian players, it matters. Like, they have a lot of pride. It's a really – that that nation is a very improving basketball nation, and they're yep. buddies. Those guys are buddies. 
he can tip the scales for a couple different teams. Yeah. Uh, let's stay in New York. He could do something for Brooklyn, right? And now Brooklyn's like a, as you said in your piece, they could coalesce and win the East, and they could also self-destruct and be terrible right. in the first like week of the season. That everything is in play with that team. But what would acquiring SGA? I'm assuming so. Kyrie's got to go. Picks to the salaries to match. Yeah. But you'd have an SGA, Ben Simmons, Kevin. Dur- oh, that's a lot of length. I kind of like and that. and I like I like uh, Shea with uh, Ben going forward. Mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. combination going forward. The ages match up pretty good together. They're the same mm-hmm. age, more or less. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, I wrote this in my article. My favorite deal is with the Hawks. We may have spoken this last mm-hmm. week. I don't know why. Maybe I'm stupid, but I like the idea of DeJounte, Trey, and, and Shea together um, with Capella at the five. You'll need a four to get the deal done. I think you have to trade John Collins. But DeAndre Hunter can yeah. probably play the four and just play super fast with those three guys. I think that'd be the best NBA league pass watch. I really do. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, it's funny because not, I mean, DeAndre is of course better than Isaac Okoro, but like, these are the things with these teams, right? Coach. It's like, you need that two or that three guy has got to make the jump to what we think he can be. Right. DeAndre Hunter projects as literally a great three. And That's D, right. right? These, they, so you need to be uh, easier said than done, yeah, but do now it. you got to be that, right? You got to be it now hit 30 something percent from three and switch one through four, right. right? Like that's that's what you got to be able to do. And if they have that with Hunter, wow. Yeah, and then you got a Kamu nice. backing up Capella at five. Mm-hmm. I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, a Kamu f- uh, setting up to be the future starter right. once once Capella right. done. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be. Uh, and you, you, there's some. They have some players Atlanta does to trade and some picks to trade OKC. Uh, I mean, I if you're an OKC fan, you know you're going to hate me right now because you're you don't want to <laughs> trade Shea. But remember. Remember the argument we would I got with uh, fans when I tweeted out that the Celtics should trade Gordon Hayward and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it was the writing was on the wall in my in my opinion when the team was doing really good without those guys. Fucking trade them. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's a little bit different situation. Obviously, this team isn't good. That team with the Eastern Conference Finals, Tatum's rookie year. Uh, I think I think Sam's got to look ahead and realize. You, listen, you have to have a talk with Shea and his representatives. And if Shay's like, I'm good, guys. I love it. I'm the man. We're going to try to win 25 games this year. We're plucky. And then we'll get Chet. And then, listen, what, the truth is they have the picks and right. the young players, maybe, depending on how guys like Josh Giddy get better, Trey Mann. They've got a lot of talented players. I love Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. Love, 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 love him. He was top five in my mock this year in my evaluations. Um you you can trade some of those guys and get right. really good players to pair with Shea. Uh, they right. they have that option too if they want to do that. I just they haven't done it. Do you think that's the plan, or is Sam just gonna wait until the guys they have developed no. to draft like 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 it like he did with KD, Russ, yeah. and Harden? No. Just wait and then no, here, we get back. Here's what I think. I think that he's gonna do it. Whatever whatever is the best way to to compete for a championship. Whenever right now this, they can't do it. There's the, the, here's his young players aren't good enough to trade for good enough guys. And they're not right. available. There's not enough right. guys available, but if Jalen Williams has a big rookie year and Giddy makes real progress, those guys pair up so well together and they're huge because of Jalen, Jalen Williams ability to play defense, I think allows for Josh Giddy to be a playmaker with him and, and be covered up defensively. Some that's what Chet would have made a difference as a shot blocker. But if, as soon as I think he feels like, okay, either we can go get veterans 
will do it and will pay for it too. But it's just that, you know, you can't go get these guys now. There's not enough good players to go yeah. acquire with yeah. the trade assets you have. I have to imagine SGA, as much as he probably like, ooh, the future could be great. But, I, and, you know, these guys always think in the now. I don't know that he's going to want to wait yep. around two years before these guys are good. Right. He may want to quietly say, look, Sam, if you got a good deal for me to get me towards a contender, let's do it. Let's get me in a spot where I can make an all-star team, help a team make the playoffs and start competing for championships. Right. Speaking of championships, as you all know, last week we did our championship bus. Coach, of course, said that I'm very exclusive about my bus, and it's true. You know, I I, I have a, a Mercedes uh, SUV, BMW SUV. We only got about six teams on my bus because, listen, I, 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 have, I can change my mind and add as things go and move the guys out. Coach, of course, is a big bear hug, open arms. Everybody's welcome. Come on in. All right, fine. We're going to dig down a little bit deeper, though, into some of those teams that I just think while coach had them as possibilities, I just think they're solid playoff teams. We want to kind of dig into the nitty gritty about why he likes them, what I like about them, what worries me about them, and just you know the, the overall. All right, let's the overall. Let's, let's get just clear though. So you yeah. said Mercedes SUV. I, my <laughs> wife has a Mercedes SUV. They're fine. You're talking about the really fancy long stretch ones. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah, one yeah, at my yeah. hotel the other day, <laughs> and people just kept getting out like a clown car. But they were dressed very nicely. And I looked inside. There was like beautiful LCD TVs and beautiful. Oh, yeah. This is this was high end. I, I'm talking about, for me, the VW bus. The VW <laughs> wagon. Yeah. Bill Walton drove one of those things around. Yeah. He's talking about the, the, the VW wagon that was often seen in the 60s when people would hitchhike all across right. America during the time of right. peace and love. Exactly right. Peace Happy and love. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's funny. <laughs> So let's let's start with Coach's favorite team, the Toronto Raptors. Here's what I love about the Raptors. Um, last season, they were 48 and 34. They were a playoff team. They were a five seed. I love the infrastructure. Masai, Nick Nurse. We talked about how all summer, the whole team was playing summer uh, summer league, summer ball together, yeah. right? Out in the pickup and with Rondo, yeah. all that. So the infrastructure is wonderful. I love Scotty Barnes. I love Pascal Siakam. I love OG Ananobi too, but he may be on the trade block. So we, we, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, of course, what worries me is Fred Van Vliet because he's just small. So who else is going to be my primary ball handler, et cetera? I, I, I like Boucher a lot. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Boucher, but center has me a little concerned. Um, and it's really, honestly, it's this. If Pascal is all NBA level and Scotty's basically an all-star, even if he doesn't get picked because, you know, second year right. guys, whatever, then I'm not as worried, but I feel like you're pretty confident that Pascal will be all NBA and Scotty's basically an all-star. So let me find Oh shit. Where did coach Thorpe go? We got a little bit of a freeze going here. There he is. He's back. Yeah, your, 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 your internet's a little wonky today, coach. <laughs> Must be something going on with Florida, man. <laughs> Crocodiles, alligators, something's happening down there. He, I promise you guys, he will be back to talk about his favorite team, the Toronto Raptors, and what he really likes about them. I have a feeling it'll be about the development of those guys in particular, Scotty Barnes and what he thinks Pascal will do this year. And Nick Nurse is a phenomenal coach. So, and, and Masai as a GM, they will move and get the right people in there. I just, the rest of that roster for me just leaves something to be desired in terms of, all right, 
I, am I feeling real comfortable here going one through one through six, one through seven, one through eight uh, with, with the guys on this roster? Can you hear me okay, Gerard? Here he is. Gerard, can you hear back. me? Yeah, yeah. I, I can hear you now. We, we have back. a major, major, major storm here. My dog is shivering like crazy. It's cr- You can maybe hear I was the like, thunder. Is either- I was like, it's Florida, man. Either an alligator or a crocodile did something or something. (laughs) No. So so here's my issue with Toronto. Um, I I don't have the concerns at center. Um, I shouldn't say that. I I think they're going to be okay. They got Boucher, as you said, uh, who came around. Precious Achua really finished the season well last year. Ken Birch is maybe the best third-string center. And they drafted Coloco from Arizona, who I don't think is an answer this year. Don't get me wrong. But I think – and they – they tend to play Barnes and Siakam some at five when they go small. I think they're going to be fine at five. My concern is backup point guard. Yes. They don't have one. They, they don't tr- – Malachi Flynn I liked. They don't. They don't like him. So that's why I propose a potential OG for um, Anthony Simons trade mm-hmm. because like it that. solves that problem. But they'll go into the season with what they have. Uh, they really finished the year very well last year, even though OG was hurt some. and. Um, I think that they think they could be really good or they wouldn't have had everyone in LA for a three weeks straight. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're all bunched together, but if Siaka makes a, one more jump, Barnes makes a big jump. OG's got another jump in him. He's 24. He does. He does. Yeah. He's, a, he's very good. They've got three guys that everyone wants that position. The big wing, the two-way wing. They've got three. Some teams have zero. I mean, that, that, that's it right there. If those three guys, if Pascal, because, I mean, Pascal was already all, so if he's all NBA, if Scotty's basically an all-star and OG makes a jump, then I have no worries about this team. Yes, right. backup point guard, I'm still like, eh, but maybe Scotty can do a little bit of backup ball handling, yeah. you know. and He will. So, they both so, will. He and Pascal so both will. Yeah. yeah. So if that happens, but, you know, those are big yes, but I, I, then, then I'm good. Yeah. Denver Nuggets, Um, you know I love this team. Yep. Look, offensively, I, between Jokic, Murray, and Michael Porter Jr., like not many teams can boast three dudes as good as those guys, right? So, but of course, health worries me, particularly Porter Jr. I think uh, Murray will be fine off coming off the ACL. But the back, I mean, and are they going to be smart about how they load manage? And I feel like he can't play any back-to-backs. It's like, bro, you're playing 50 games, 55, whatever the number yeah. is. Let science dictate because we can't have this situation again where – you're, you're grooving, we're looking good, and then, oh, now you're out for two months because whatever, you got to, you know, that that that, that continuity. Um, uh, look, Jokic, as you often say, best player in the world. Yep. I, I like Michael Malone a lot, and their bench is good. Jeff Green somehow still turning back to the hands of time. Bruce Brown's part of that bench. I think not having Morris and Barton, they're both gone now, right? Um, yeah. That may hurt a little bit um, com- coming off the bench, but they do have Bones Highland, who they like a lot. Look. I, I think this team, no, if injuries aside, which we can't predict that, nope, right. there's no reason why they should not be competing for the one seed in the Western Conference. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, really nothing to add. I saw Jeff Green this summer in Miami recently. He looked great. Um, uh, shot it really well. And, uh, you know, it's just they're good enough to be really, really good, if not, if not even great. And this is why I say my bus is packed. Sounds like you're trying to sell some tickets, Gerard. You're trying to sell some tickets. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, let's go down to the big D, Dallas Mavericks. When you have a player as good as Luka Doncic, right. I mean, you're always going to be in the convert. Christian right. Wood, Luka. 
<laughs> right, right. They have Luca. If Christian Wood is a good player, like they can win these series. Luca's so good, <laughs> right? Right. Christian Wood is the question mark, right? But the rest of that roster, Dinwiddie was good for them last year, so I like him. He, a Hardaway, if right? Have, that's true. Hardaway, right. if you have the three of them, if Hardaway's healthy with Dinwiddie and Luca, now I feel like the, the Brunson loss not as big of a deal, right? That's a, it's like, okay. right. It's it's a very fair thing to say. I think that's why. They weren't so desperate to bring Brunson back. I think Spencer can give more. He was very good for them last year. Was, and, it, and it came late. So, but to me, well, you said it. it. It starts with Luca. He's just that much better than most players. And if Christian Wood can be a plus impact player at the center spot, uh, then they're good enough to beat anyone. Yeah. I, I, I like Dallas a lot. And Jason Kidd is, you know, I know you've come around on him as far as a coach. He, he got them playing some D last he year. He did. Offensively, they shoot a crap ton of threes yeah and you know if they're making them yeah it just seems impossible that luca's not going to win any championship so if you figure <laughs> he's got 10 years of dominance right he, he's got some percentage to win any one of those 10 years so yeah, yeah. yeah that's why he's on my bus <laughs> uh a team that's super exciting that can make some moves and add some veteran guys and we don't know what they're going to be yet because we haven't seen their full iteration it's the new orleans pelicans now Sometimes, as you know, as a coach, not always as simple as, oh, just add water, stir, and it's fine. So we saw them last year take the Suns to six with without Zion, right? With CJ and all the young guys. I'm not saying Zion's going to cause a problem, but we have to see it first, right? But how do you as a coach like the idea of CJ McCollum, Brandon, oh my God, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Jonas, oh my God, that's just... Did you see the picture of Zion? He, uh, he went hooping recently. At like twelve forty-five in the morning at an outdoor court. No, how's, how's he looking? Pretty damn good. Ooh. I could have been photoshopped, but he looked pretty damn good. <laughs> he looked pretty. I, I, you know, I have two coaches with the Pelicans that are close. Yeah, close that's to, right. I've not asked either of them because it's. I don't want it. it. Yeah, you don't want. Yeah. No, it's just unfair. So I've not. I've talked to, to one of them, but I didn't. I just no. They got to do their thing. But I saw that picture. I'm like, oh boy, he looks pretty good. I don't, I don't love him playing outdoors on an asphalt court at 12:45 in the morning. But um, Hooper's hoop, I guess, is they what do. they'll say. I don't like that, but yeah, he looked pretty damn good. I, I love this team. Uh, I love this team. We'll see how Willie Green did a good job last year. He did this is where he's best. He his his ability to coach the emotional aspect of this game is elite. That's that's a direct quote from people who know him. Elite at the emotional intelligent quotient of his abilities. Uh, and he proved it last year. That team was toast mm -hmm. and they rallied up so impressively. Mm -hmm. So let's see now, now we got, now you got to figure out how to solve ball screens and a bunch of other stuff when you're expected to be good. Yes. But uh, I'm, I'm encouraged. I think they're, I think they're, I think they win a championship actually. What's, Just because, wow. because they can upset some people. Zion is they, amazing. Zion, I mean, when yeah. we see him play, he's yeah. basically an all NBA level player this young. But the, the yeah. issue is right. again, like like everybody else, is he going to be healthy for the duration right. of the season? And that right. we have no crystal ball. That's right. From a X's and O standpoint, you mentioned how do you defend ball screen, et cetera. What I mean, the emotional level, we got that. He's on lock with that. He needs to make some strides as an X's and O's guy. What's something that you see as like not a weakness, but just an area for improvement for Willie Green? Oh yeah, he's got to get he's got to get better tactics and not just trust Zion to be able to cook you, uh, Brandon Ingram to cook you. I'd like to see uh, more. I think all these teams need to run more of a blender, Jazz, Cuisinart, Golden State kind of offense, um, more European style. I think that's you can always descend back into 
my talent's better than your talent. In the postseason, when everyone knows your stuff so well, that's fine. But over the course of the season, I'd like to see better X and O's, which I think they're capable of doing. Will and it's not just Will; he has offensive coordinators mm-hmm. and, what, and everything else. Um, and uh, and then they got they got better on defense last year. I'd like to see um, I'd like to see Zion or Brandon make a. I doubt you'll see both make a big step forward. Them. They both yes. can be plus the real plus defenders, length, power, toughness. They both have it. And so if they both can do it, if they're both two-way players, oh, they're a like team. Tatum and Brown. Oh yeah. Then they're, man, then they're, going they're different kind of players, but yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a big, that's a big deal. That's the, that's yeah. the leap. You are dead on because they both can be yeah. elite on both ends. And if they yeah. are that, that's a championship team. Yeah. That's no a fucking question. killer, man. Cause they've got Alvarado, Herb Jones. Oh my God. Val, Jackson Hayes is kind of petered out, but I'm hoping he gets come around. Yeah. But yeah, obviously CJ, like they're, yeah, they're very good. That team can be very good. Um, Here's something interesting that happened with the Lakers coach. Uh, so they signed Patrick Beverly or they traded for Patrick Beverly. And you know, Patrick Beverly, we talk about him a lot and, you know, his antics and all that. I have a feeling that he's going to bring something to that locker room and it's already starting. Someone, a reporter asked him, you know, oh, Pat, what's it going to be like playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis? He's like, and they got to play with me too. I made the playoffs last year. They didn't make the playoffs. I, there's a certain kind of look, we know, you know, NBA guys, they are all alpha competitors. And you know how Pat Pat Bev is when he walks into a gym and it's time for a scrimmage and whatever defense he is going to be like how he is. I feel that is going to start emanating and dudes are going to be like, man, we got, let's raise our level of competition here. Not that they didn't compete last year. There were injuries and all that. I think his spirit's going to kind of get infused a little bit. And that's going to change some things with that squad. Yeah, he'll add some fun to it. Um, he's even trying to settle this, settle the uh, conflict with Russell. Yeah, yeah. Now, but remember, Pat Bev's not the one that should have been upset. Russ <laughs> is the one that got knocked out yeah, of the playoffs because exactly, exactly. of Pat Bev's recklessness. So exactly. we'll see how Russ says it. But no, I think he brought. I think that they're. I think the Lakers are sneaky good. They're they're on my championship bus too. Yeah. Uh, the, the, there's nothing. There's no way Orlando wins the championship. Oklahoma City can't win a championship. Detroit, Houston. Like, like there are teams. Yeah, they can't win. But LA is not one of those teams. There, there's an if. There's no if for those teams. There's an if for the Lakers. LeBron and AD's health. Uh, I think Pat Bev showed last year what he can do. Um, I, I like some of the young pieces. Kendrick Nunn is playing now in LA, from what I'm told. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like Kendrick Nunn. I love Thomas Bryant. Uh, it was something to prove. They have Damian Jones, his backup, is a good defender. Uh, Austin Reeves, an excellent offensive player. Yeah, I think this team, and I like, I'm a big Darvin Ham fan. Yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll evaluate when the season starts. He's never coached before, but I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, this is an interesting team, the Brooklyn Nets. Coach, at December 31st, they were the number one team in the Eastern Conference. They were playing top five defense. Life was good. All of a sudden, guys start losing, getting lost to Omicron. Durant starts pressuring management. We got to get Kyrie back on the floor. And the minute they did that, everything went south for this team. The in and out, Harden's like, what the hell are we doing? This is nonsense. I don't want to be here. And then it was just literally all self-destructed. And we all know what happened this summer. No need to rehash that. First day of school is going to be awkward for sure. Put all that aside, they got a bunch of really good guys on that team coming back. Like, which to your point, they could win the East. I could easily see that, but they could also implode because what the fuck is going on over there? I <laughs> Exactly. I, I was looking at, um, I, we call them like the Utah Jazz going to have a fire sale. Everyone's mm-hmm. gone. 
uh, I started looking at who else might have a fire sale. And so when I looked at Brooklyn because of the Durant thing, man, they have a lot of good players <laughs> that, that have value. Yes. Like it's, yeah, almost all those guys, TJ Warren's an exception. We don't know about him yet. But all those other guys, you can sell for money and picks and players, which means you have talent. Joe Harris, all, you know, Seth Curry, all these guys. Yes. Patty Mills. Patty Mills. Like, they're all worth something. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if they'll put it together. It's a fair question. But if they, that's an if. Like, they could be the champions. That's why my bus is so busy. <laughs> that's why it's so packed. Seriously. There's just a lot of very similar teams. You, you put up something interesting in your article that – you know, Cy and, and, and Mark came out with their statement. We're moving forward in our partnership, all that. But Joe Cy is the, is the governor, and he can do whatever he wants, right, in concert yeah. with Sean Marks. What if they decide, all right, the team's playing well. We got our value up. We know long-term this ain't sustainable. But everybody's value is nice and high. Let's get those dudes out of here now. We're going to keep Simmons and all of our younger guys on a contract. You said that's a possibility they could do as well, right? Even though yeah, things are going yeah. well, they, they can move off of all this is what this is. This is Kevin Durant's doing. This is the bet he made. When he suddenly said fire Nash, supposedly fire Nash and uh, Marks and Marks and, you know, then I'll stay. Uh, that just rips the bandaid off in an ugly way. And, and how can an owner ever feel, how can a governor ever feel confident that this guy's committed for the long term of his contract? Mm-hmm. I don't think he can. So, yeah, if everyone's got their, like, it's always better to trade from a position of strength. Always. Players are playing better. We're winning games. We don't have to do a deal. But we're getting better value than we would if they were, we were losing. And then we're seen as desperate when we're losing. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win on all sides. Uh, t- it, they're, they're, to me, the hardest team. to. Their range of 60 wins and 30 <laughs> is the biggest in the league. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're right on with that. Uh, a team that made a big splash this offseason, the Minnesota Timberwolves. My God, they seem to give up heaven and earth. Nine total pick things, right? Like five picks and four pick swaps. Swaps, yeah. And then and then and then some players. But they got Rudy Gobert, they got the Ant Man, they got D'Angelo Russell, they got Cat. I mean, geez, a cat. First of all, what does a cat Rudy Gobert front line look like? I am very intrigued by this. And kind of excited. Do you did you see Rudy's dunk in the last I, on, on Luca? In the yeah. in Eurobasketball highlight, yeah. yeah. I mean, not that big a deal. He's right. not, he leads the league in dunks every year. Um, but yeah, you got Cat on the perimeter. You got Rudy rolling, not posting, but rolling. I, I think the whole move was a, was a judgment on Anthony Edwards. Like, we're, without him, they're, they're not a, a very good playoff team. They're going to make the playoffs probably. With Anthony Edwards playing as well as we think he can play in year three, made a big jump last year, now everything's possible. Yeah, everything's possible. They might need more bench help. Uh, so they're, they're on my bus barely just because Cat uh, may feel like he can really make a big jump mm-hmm. offensively because he's got Rudy to help him defensively, right. which has always been an issue for him. So, um, yeah, I, I, they're, they're not going to be fun to play against, that's for sure. Because, I mean, Cat's an elite offensive player. And if Amazing. he doesn't have the best ever, like, yeah. if you got Rudy patrolling the rim, like, yep. that's kind of good. And right? maybe Rudy will get him fired up to play defense too. Like, he might, I hope he does. I hope he challenges him, say, hey, we can't win uh, with you only playing one side. I need Cat, you to I mean, play both. Cat should be a better defender. He's got the, got the yeah. tools to be a much yeah. better defender than he is. Yeah, at least an um, Bad news for the Bulls. Uh, the news came out that it looks like Lonzo Ball is not going to be ready to start the season. Is that what they're saying? Or miss the whole season? I, I know he's no, not, they, he's not. Yeah, he's the start. Okay, he won't be there for the start, which he's a big part yeah. of what made them good. Now, they do have a young rookie who you like. Oh, not second-year player now. Uh, Ayu 
who was Love great him. last year. Um, so Love it was him. just one of the things where they're like, all right, IO makes a leap when we can kind of, you know, weather the, the ball, the ball loss. Although not only defense, Lonzo was an excellent ball mover, excellent and shooter maker and, and a 40 something percent three point shooter. So I think it's going to hurt them a bit. And then they got the food situation. They have to figure out what they want to do there. Yeah, that's really a pickle. I couldn't really figure out a good trade for them with Vooch. I, I just you just got to play him out this year, I think. Um, maybe a team will want him as a buyout guy, but um, those teams don't really have anything to help Chicago inside. Right. Um, I, I, DeRozan, Levine, mm-hmm. pretty special, talented yep. offensive players. Vooch is a good offensive player. Uh, Pat Williams can be a two-way guy. We don't know yet. He's still like 21 years old, mm-hmm. and he missed a good portion of last year. But – He's got a chance to be, you drafted him before, bro. He's got a chance to be really special as a player. And so that, to me, is another team that it won't be a fire sale. It'll be a DeRozan trade. Mm. If, um, if, uh, if, they're, if, it's, if Lonzo's out for a while and they're just not going to be able to bump up, this is the time to trade DeMar. Trade him to where he wants to go. Trade him to a contender. Uh, I don't know if Dallas wants him. But um, or, or Ooh, Dallas has not even that. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta honor this really classy man. Yeah, and let him go play for for someone really good uh, when you can, while you can. You know, yeah. get what you need for him um, from him. But um, uh, but if they're winning early on, they figure out ways to win. Kobe White makes a jump this year. Uh, Io makes a jump this mm-hmm. year. Uh, Vooch, you know, if they find a way to defend better. That's a problem for them. Then then they'll keep him probably and and. And then they might they might get on my bus at that point. <laughs> I think they're I think I'm just off it now. Like the one team yeah. probably can't be good enough. They just don't have enough defensive. They chops. don't. And the, the last two teams I had, we talked about them at the top of the show: the Cavaliers and the Hawks. Of course, the great move to get Mitchell and the Hawks already got Dejounte Murray to start the season. I think they're going to be in good shape. So between today's episode and Monday's cha- uh, last week's championship bus, I think we've discussed all the teams that. We think like you know, solid playoff and championship. Yeah, t- title ceilings because of the parity. So you could be the six, seven, eight seed, and you could host round two and three. Yeah, yeah. Not eight seed, but you could be a six seed and host the next round uh, because seven could be two. Yep. You yep. know the, yeah. the the rest of the teams we have not discussed. It's because well, you're talking maybe playing if they get lucky. Maybe yeah. So that's like Sacramento possibly. Wizards, right? Wizards possibly. And yeah. we'll so we'll talk about those playing Charlotte, teams. Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, yep. Next. Yep. Charlotte next time. And then you know those those guys that are bound for the lottery because that's that's what they're doing. Ping pong balls for sure. Uh, that's what they want to be for sure. But uh, Eurobasket's still going on, folks. As I mentioned, top of the show. Watch the U.S. Open this weekend. It will be fun. Um, training camp is going to be opening up here very soon in a couple yeah, of weeks. 27th in most places, 27, 28, 26. Yep. Yeah. And we're going to start up. We have the first preseason basketball games like September 30th. So yeah, it's not right. going to be too long before we have uh, NBA hoops uh, actually on the court to discuss. Yeah, three weeks. But until then, folks, have a great weekend and we will see you next week. Take care.